just introduce him. Yeah, we got Kirk from from Tyler and I's band Crucial Change. I guess it's Kirk's too, but he's yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's the guest, so he's the addition today. Yeah, yeah. We have Kirk from Crucial Change today. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great band, by the way. <laughs> way to make a guy feel important. <laughs> but no, you should I mean, guess you're, the, you're the guest. Yeah. You're the guest right now, dude. So you you know, we're interviewing somebody pretty important. What episode is this now? Six. Damn, dude. I believe six, yes. Took six episodes for you to get me on here? Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind well, of our, took, this is a took, kind of a mini metal episode. It I also took metal. six okay. episodes for you to listen to an episode. You, That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, you're I'm not, not paying attention, but we'll see what happens. You're not joining the tens of 36 people. <laughs> you're, you, there's tens, the tens of tens. of nearly four dozen people. Yeah, there's tens of tens that listen to this, and Kirk <laughs> is yet to join. Yeah. Yes. he is. Yeah. Well. Only because he's here. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about... Your, your musical background, Kirk. Well, how did you how did you start to get into music, and then we'll kind of wrap this around at the end of this story, and we're just going to talk about metal for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, cool. Because it's no secret we all know Kirk loves metal. Sure. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, really, my my taste started with uh, what my dad got me into when I was a kid. We listened to a lot of like. Uh, like late 70s and early 80s rock and hard rock. He was really into Black Sabbath. I mean, he was really into um, early, early Metallica stuff. Um, did I mean, your dad ever have a hair metal phase at all? I mean, I'm sure he did, but like, uh, I mean, he, he was a kid that grew up in the 70s and 80s. You know, it's not like you had the internet. So you listen to what was on the radio and you listen to what other kids were showing him. So, yeah. I would not put it past him to have had a Warrant Cherry Pie album, mm. but I also know well, he we had... all have the greats, though. I mean, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But I mean, I have his copy of Master of Puppets. I have his copy of uh, like Rush Twenty One Twelve, some of the very early Scorpion stuff before like uh, before like Love Drive. Um, Speaking of Rush, I remember our, our joke we had about the backstage area after a show of a Rush concert, and there's no chicks. And they're each playing with their like individual erector sets. <laughs> <laughs> There's a foos table that all of them are terrible at. Yeah. No, I feel those guys are the cleanest motherfuckers around, dude. For yeah. sure. I don't think those, those guys have those, done a drug before. I don't think they've touched a boob before. Those guys aren't getting... <laughs> yeah. You know for a fact those guys aren't getting me too. Well, I mean... No. They, they, <laughs> he's a nice guy, dude. The And I don't know the other guys' names in the band. There's crazy good drummer and guitar player that looks like kind of like John Tesh. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, Alex Lifeson. Okay. Um, nice no, Canadian I mean, they, 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 they make the uh, the song on 2112, A Passage to Bangkok, that is all about uh, going around the world and smoking the finest hash. And I'm fairly certain that it's all just made up to like get them some street cred or something. I think so. It's like, we do drugs, guys. We wrote a drug song. Because <laughs> that's popular. Right. Yeah, I love Rush. I feel like all those kids were from the challenge class in school. Not the sure. special no, class. Like, like the kids that are on ADD medicine or on their parents have placed them in the smart class. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, my tastes in music kind of started from there. I've been listening to metal since I was a kid and it just kind of took off from there. I mean, every kid that... Was into metal and grew up in the 90s, went through a new metal phase, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. 
<clears throat> Slaves on Dope. You're speaking um, to the guy who still says the first two Corn albums are good because I'm not going to like disown my past. Like, like yeah, you know, so Tyler's so, not going to admit that he was ever wrong in something. <laughs> is what it is. Well, no, what it is is that for Tyler, it was never a phase. <laughs> <laughs> no, those it's first two, those first two Corn albums are lifestyle, dude. Those are great records. Absolutely, I guess. So, Tyler, <laughs> what what came from you liking metal to the transition to? Your first band, Toxic Neurotic. What was it? Whatever it is. It's yeah. uh, Toxic Chaos. Um, yeah. Because yeah. when I met Kirk, you were a Billy Idol looking motherfucker. Sure. Um, well, it was, it was guys that I met in high school in like in tenth grade that were all into uh, that were into punk rock. Uh, you know, Alex. Alex was into punk rock. A guy named a guy by the name of Andrew was probably like the biggest punk rock influence that I knew of. I mean, like at the time, most punk rock that I knew of was because. He either showed it to me or he showed me something that led to me finding more. But I mean, even then, all the punk rock that I was really into was all very like metal inspired punk rock. I was really into the Chromags. I was really into uh, DRI. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really into the Crumbums at the time, and they've been described as like punk rock heavy metal, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you think like you? You dumbed down to be in a punk band because these were your friends and they wanted to do a band. Like, if you had your choice, would you have gone to a more metal band? Or the kind of punk it, he's or, talking about like, though is your, still very metal, though. Yeah, yeah. Did, like, did, or did your did your good friends just kind of rub off on you and you're like, all right, I'll do it with with you guys because I like you. Well, I mean, I. I didn't know anybody else that wanted to play in like a metal band. I mean, I knew other guitar players that liked playing metal, but I didn't know any. Drummers that could play metal. I didn't know yeah. any bass guitar players that it's could do that. It's kind of funny, interested dude, in that kind of stuff. Because you and me really have a similar like backstory. It's liking different bands as the main bands for sure. But I started as a playing thrash metal in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. Wanted that, found punk through crossover, Chrome Eggs kind of stuff yeah. like that, and then realized, wow, there's other punk that's really easy to play. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I can basically teach Ryan how to play an instrument. <laughs> and then we, we're going to make a so, punk band. This is so fucking true. Yeah, it's like we don't need to do Slayer. We can just do three cores. And it's yeah, over a cool. four-year yeah. period, we can I mean, work up to playing crass. But I, yeah, <laughs> but I almost think, like, I mean, I, I love punk rock, but I feel like there is that that uh, joint punk rock where you're like, Okay, I can do this with a couple weeks of practice. It was really exciting, honestly, because I'd sit and play Slayer, dude, for years. And, like, I'm talking, like, 6th, 7th grade, and you're just like, okay, I got this. Okay, I got that. Yeah. Sure. Then you realize, like, there's Black Flag and the Misfits around. And you're like, holy fuck, it's two chords the whole time. <laughs> you're like, this rules. I just played a whole entire song. Oh, I can teach people how to play this song. <laughs> Yay. And I can write my own songs like this. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess my, my first bands came from just... All the guys that wanted to play music with me weren't as interested in metal, and I liked punk rock too, so it was just kind of a finding common ground in what we all liked. And it kind of went from there. And I mean, I played in that band for, I don't know, two or three years, and that fell apart, and then I played in another punk rock band called The Blanks. And when I joined The Blanks, they were already somewhat established. They had their own music. I mean, we wrote a little bit, but for the most part, I was playing what they had. Did you play bass in that band? Yeah. Okay. And it was kind of, it was it was more in a step of the same direction of the first band. It was, it was street punk, kind of. Um, and then that band stopped playing, and I started up with you guys. Yes, yeah. and the rest is history. Yeah. The rest is history. Yeah, because I'd say about Kurt first meeting you, do I was like, because 
are we three years difference? Yeah, I think in so. age, that's a really. It's funny. That's a large age difference well, when you're, you're like eighteen 19. and fifteen for sure. And I was like, "This is the punkest fucking kid I've ever seen." Like, and, <laughs> and he's like, from, about, like, "And you're from where, Graham? I don't even know where the fuck that What's is." What's a yeah. Graham? Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. I remember, and yeah. I remember Kirk getting knocked out at Flatfoot. Poor guy. <laughs> oh yeah, I think Kirk's yeah. been like the most severely injured out of us on various occasions. Oh yeah, I've been barely ever injured. Yeah, well, you're scared of everything. <laughs> you never yeah, put yourself I'm in surpri- I'm yeah. surpri- Do you wear a life jacket when you eat cereal? <laughs> yes. How else are you supposed to stay afloat? <laughs> but now, I mean, now that you're, I mean, yes, we're, like, we are a punk band. But I sure. Definitely, I know, like, you, you pretty much only listen to metal. Do you ever, at least from my perception of you, do you listen to punk ever anymore? So... If the punk rock that I listen to, okay, the metal that I listen to, I listen to all the metal that I've always liked, and I listen to new metal coming out. Um, I follow a couple different publications that announce new metal releases and that kind of thing, and, and I listen to that. But like the punk rock that I listen to is the same punk rock that I listened to ten years ago. Yeah, I don't know if I've listened to a new punk rock album since then. Yeah, I mean, a couple things that like Alex will say, "Hey, this is pretty cool. Take a look at this," but. And I'm still listening to all the Crumb Bum stuff that was good then. I still listen to Lower Class Brads. I still listen to Complete Control, even though they haven't made an album in like nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, You've always been in love with Complete Control. Yeah. yeah still am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still am. I, I wish I wish Sam would start making more music again. Because, I mean, they, they had written like an entire album. They had... They had uh, published demos for everything but they never completed the album okay and it was just such a cock tease for that album yeah like, did, you, did you ever hear it yeah because yeah. they, they made a split with the crumb bums right after right after they had both come out with an album right at the same time they made a split where i think it was six tracks and each band covered a song of the other band and then came out with two new ones and the Crumb Bums, like, immediately after that came out with their full length that had all those songs, and then Complete Control just kept making demos, and they put the demos up, but they never made the album. Okay. just like, you dick. And that was, like, 10 years ago? Yeah. Like... Damn. Like, 2005, 2006. But I feel what you're saying about never really, <clears throat> longer, like, yeah. advancing past the punk you originally liked. Sure. And I'm kind of like that with both sets of music, metal, punk, God, and rap, mm-hmm. and everything. But especially with metal, I count on you to show me new metal and not NU metal no I get metal what you're that, that comes out because metal for me I love my Sepultura Slayer and yeah. maybe a few other things and never really have advanced from that and not even hardly into the new albums from those bands mm-hmm. yeah you I listened to what I liked in middle school for metal and that just stayed with me the whole time well yeah. I mean and like where I where I started getting into the you know, listening to every new metal album that came out, there was that record store that we that we played at. They're they're gone now. They were called uh, Boogie Records down in um, South Hill. The the guy that ran that place, he listened to everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. Every time I'd walk in there, he'd say, "Oh, the new Taylor Swift album's coming out," and be like, "Oh, cool." But he'd also say, "Hey." Uh, Necrophagus is coming out with something. Hey, Aborted is coming out can with something. Can you imagine new. being that into music? <clears throat> into everything. Where you can listen to Taylor Swift and then listen to Cattle Decapitation. Everything. 
Yeah. Cool. He was he was always telling me like, hey, Relapse Records is making yeah, but this like, new. Was, yeah, was he doing that as like a as a record store owner? No, or he uh, really. No. Oh yeah, for so sure. So we was... need to interview this dude too. Yeah, like, holy shit. Yeah, if you got Javen on here, he he, he could talk your ear off forever about yeah. music. I've never. I don't. I don't know anybody else that is into just music as a subject than him. Yeah, he's like rain and In blood. All great of albums. Now check out this Chris Gaines. I don't know if he could call it good, but he could tell you about it for sure. Uh, He's an interesting fella. That being said, let's get into what Kirk wanted to play, which is your, I want to say probably your favorite band for the past two I years. would say currently, yeah, they're my favorite Is this band. Paul Bear? This yeah. is Paul Bear. And Kirk took me to see these guys, and they're fucking gnarly. Yeah, I mean, it's they're, they're doom metal. Um, they have three full-length albums out now, some EPs, some... Uh, I think they're on a split with another band. I can't remember now. Um, and they just, a few months back, released a single that may or may not end up on a full-length album. I don't know. Um, and is that this song? Yeah. Just Dropout? Yeah. Um, what do these guys tune down to? I think they, for... They to A? No, I think, they, I think they hang out in, in like a B. Okay. Because I know, I know the lead guitar player... And the, the, the front man, um, Brett Campbell, plays a six-string guitar. And their uh, rhythm guitar player, who also plays quite a bit of leads, plays a seven-string. Okay. So I think they're hanging out in B um, for the majority of their music. Um, I like that they're not overly distorted, too. It's different. Because when I think of, like, drop B, I'm thinking of Sepultura Roots, Brujeria. Sure where it's just as distorted and messy and the strings are like fucking slinkies. No, they, yeah. they, they, they definitely play with a with a, a fuzzier guitar tone instead of the super high gain. And um, their, their, their other guitar player, Devin, in interview, he, cla- he, he was saying that he, he likes his tone that way because he likes to get um, full resonance on his chords that he's playing because he's not just playing you know two string power chords he'll play um he'll play full full chords and he wants to get the entire sound of the whole chord to come through and when you play really high gain which a lot of you know death metal bands do that and it sounds awesome for what they do but playing what they do it eliminates an entire range of his whole tone so Mm -hmm. he plays the way that he plays for a reason yeah, that's amazing to me. Because just to imagine doing full chords tuned mm-hmm. to me is fucking nuts. Well, yeah. it's like they, they their first two albums, in a lot of ways, are kind of a continuation of each other. They're both really, really heavy, fuzzy Doom albums. And then from that, their third album, they stepped into this kind of... Uh, I think they, they took on a lot more progressive elements. Okay. And, and some people would say that their album, their third album is less heavy than their first two and, and I think I would agree but it isn't it isn't worse of an album it's an excellent excellent album are they famous enough yet to have haters out there that have now said they've sold for out sure. oh, for I sure feel, I feel yeah, in the I feel, metal scene that is like endemic dude just yeah so but sure. I also think like Paul Bear at least like a, starting a couple years ago they got a lot of like heat either good or bad so there were there was a lot of people that liked Paul Bear I want to say like two years ago. Well, when when the, when Heartless, their third album dropped, all of the 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 Doom purists. Well, I mean, all of the Doom purists. That's painting with a broad brush. But I mean, Doom purists when they stepped into this less Doom, more progressive element, a lot of the guys were not into it. And and I mean, I understand that you like what you like, but. 
they're a good band and they're capable of writing great music in different facets. And I mean, if you're into Paul Bearer, then you like their music. Their music's excellent. And this this uh, track we're gonna listen to is um, kind of in the same vein as Heartless. Okay, awesome. All right. <clears throat> that no, let's listen.
got some Rust Belt Doom Metal there for you. <laughs> Those guys aren't Rust Belt, though, man. That's from Arkansas. Which is what, like Turkey Belt? I, I suppose so, yeah. Some Foster Farms. <laughs> That's hard shit, though. Who was uh, the Rust Belt band we were just talking about? Uh, Skeleton Witch. Okay, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about where Paul Bear's from. No, they're no. from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, okay. What separate... We were talking about this while we were listening to the song, but like... For a dude who's never smoked weed, or I don't picture you ever as a stoner smoking weed, you sure like some stoner rock. You know, okay, so... I love Pink Floyd. I've never smoked weed, dude. Sure, I mean, I get that. And Cypress Hill. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) The melody and just kind of the the eerie tone to a lot of the doom that I'm into really appeals to me, And, and... it's taking nothing away from the stoner bands and their achievements, but it's it's I can't relate to it much. It doesn't do much for me. I mean, like, Sleep has some songs that really rock. Um, Electric Wizard does. Weed Eater does. Bongzilla does. They they have some songs. <laughs> Dude, that I just really... love that you seri- in a serious tone of voice just said the name Bongzilla. <laughs> no, when I heard when I heard the band heard of the band Weed Eater, sure. And obviously, I understand it's a stoner rock band. Sure, it has, it has the name Weed Eater in it. But I thought like they were talking about a weed whacker. No, just, no, <laughs> just like with that name, I thought they were going to be like fast, like uh-huh. like maybe like municipal waste stoners. Sure. And I'm like, oh man, I want to listen to this band. And it was like the slowest thing ever, and I'm like, what a fucking letdown. You can just tell we've been raised in the parks department because when I think weed eater, I think you got the weed eater out. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's just it that that element of like uh, the stoner end of doom doesn't appeal to me as much as like your Paul Bears, your chemists, your Paradise Lost, those yeah. kind of bands. I feel listening to this now mm-hmm. and knowing you as a guitar player, sure. I think one of the reasons you like this is because you are so experimental with your guitar playing and you want like the extreme of a sound or a technique okay and i think you hearing this you're just like oh my god this is like the, <laughs> it's yeah. like this is a this is a boner for any nerd wanting to get the most out of an instrument absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. and they're getting as low as you can go and it's for sure creative and yeah it's fucking yeah. gnarly it's like they did theoretically like turn it to 11 <laughs> absolutely yeah for sure uh, one thing I was actually thinking and this has nothing to do with the music we mm-hmm. we just listened to but recently I wanted to bounce this both off yeah I talked to Tyler a little about it last week yeah but um, me and my girlfriend Lindsay we went to Spokane a couple weeks ago mm. and I actually don't have a problem with Spokane I like it I know Tyler fucking hates it I'm not a fan of that place really no <laughs> offense to anyone from Spokane yeah it. but I I do enjoy it Lindsay claims like since her parents were both from there she still has a few family there like she feels a little more at peace being there and me so me and I asked you like do you feel more peace being in California and maybe that's why you have such such a like fondness for like SoCal imagery, SoCal. I think general. so. Like so, and you. I guess we haven't been there in the recent aspect for you to actually like 
feel that. You kind of like go down and like it's oh I'm going to see if I feel this way being. Well, because anytime like me and Julie go down there, anything I I do feel that, and I don't know if it's because it's been so talked up just in my upbringing of like that was the place to be. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I I do I love it, and it's every aspect that people hate about LA. I love. Yeah, like everyone hates the smog, they hate the metropolis, the all that. And yeah, I, I kind of just I dig it. It's just an odd. You step off the plane yeah. and take a deep breath. Yeah, I really do, and like I yeah. like the and maybe it's the. Oh, it sounds so douchey, but like the creative side, I find it a weird place in the world. You're right; it does sound douchey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, Kirk, and Kirk, your mom's from England, from Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. When you went and visited there with Courtney, is it is it 2011? Five? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, so seven years ago. Yeah. Did you feel a little more at peace, connected at all, knowing that your family? Like, your it's, it's funny that you say that because I've never really thought about it like that. But yeah, no, I mean. When, when I uh, when I do visit England, I, I feel very at home there. I mean, the parts of England that I that my family is from and that I go to are in a way very small industrial town England. I mean, the village that most of my family lives in now is this very small Man-twitch. fishing village. Yeah. Mantwich, exactly. <laughs> it's a very small fishing village, but hey, it's uh, <laughs> but it's a uh, it's. It's a very tight knit community. It's it's small and it's it's very welcoming. Yeah. You know, you step there with a with with an American accent and people people know you're not a local immediately, but that isn't an issue. Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, you go into my, a go ahead. Both my parents are from the Yakima Valley in Washington. <laughs> and they're and not I told, very cold. Well, like and, and like I told, I told Lindsay I was like I haven't really like experienced too much at the Yakima Valley. As an adult, and I just even if I did, I'm not sure if I've had the opinion of I feel more at peace or connected with my family being there. Absolutely, this place is a fucking shithole, <laughs> and no one, no one who lives there, grow up there, is going to disagree with me. It fucking sucks. Absolutely, and I don't think your parents have talked it up to a romantic, you know, romanticized. No, they have way. And like. When I when I talked to it, like the two places my parents come from, my my mother comes from White Swan. No one's ever heard of White Swan. No. It's practically not even a town anymore because pretty much it was so poor and people just couldn't afford their houses anymore, so they just kind of left them. Wow. My dad grew up on a farm in Natchez, which is another place no one's fucking heard of outside, of, and it's in the Yakima Valley. Okay. And. Yeah, so when you, when she said like, yeah, I feel I, I feel better when I'm in Spokane, and she's like, do you feel that way in Yakima? And I was like, no, <laughs> no. I was like, I I guess we can try it, but since my parents don't live there, I don't know why the fuck we go over there. <laughs> but uh, that's been something that's been you know bumping around in my head. I know you sure. two you two uh, could have a. Uh, have a story for for both those. But, yeah, yeah, and I don't know why I romanticize Los Angeles so much, but I also just got super into early '90s gangster rap and mm-hmm. lowrider culture and all that. And I don't know if having parents from that area made me that way, or if I. But just, I mean, your parents do. They're do, proud to be from Southern yeah. California, and like they both firmly say that like Southern Californians made Washington, the Seattle area, like cool when they like mass uh, immigrated here. Because hmm. back in the seventies, it was like Californians go home, you know, because they were all flooding in sure. here. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, you know, we brought you know progressive ideals and culture to Washington. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and where's your where's your dad from? 
My dad grew up in Moses Lake, Washington, and he absolutely does not romanticize it. Yeah. He, I mean, Moses Lake is a... It's actually probably better than Yakima. I mean, I, I think... I think now, as an adult, as a you know fifty-something-year-old man, he kind of looks back on it and sees it a little differently as a younger man. But I, I, I think, I think as a teenager, I think he wanted nothing more than to get out of Moses Lake. I don't think he liked Moses Lake. I could see that. Up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. Well, dude, you are in the middle of nowhere. Like Sp- yeah. Spokane is still two, maybe an hour and a half away. No, uh-huh. and then. The closest thing on our side of the mountains, or I guess, then you have like Ellensburg, which is only there for a college. Right. And then you have to then go past, go through the pass, and then you finally get to Bellevue, and then Seattle. Well, whenever I get there, because I mean, I still have some family in Moses Lake, but whenever I get back to Moses Lake, what always kind of weirds me out to think about is... Like my cousins talking about, uh, yeah, I got to drive to Seattle tomorrow, and it's like a two and a half hour drive, and... The idea of getting on the road at four in the morning to be to Seattle by, you know, seven is is not like a weird thing for them. It's not like, you know... Uh, Mass commuting, yeah. It's yeah. whatever, yeah. And that, that would be interesting because I don't know what that's like to not grow up near a city center. Right. You know, to know that Seattle, even at its farthest, is, you know, 20 miles away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a weird thing to me. Right. It is. I think it's weird because, like, I think now in my adulthood... <laughs> I keep on thinking sometimes it's like oh I would like to live maybe in Spokane's because it still ha- there is definitely still a city there, but the city's dead at night. I love I love going down downtown Spokane, finding parking immediately, and going into a bar and not <laughs> right. being not being totally bombarded with douchebags. True, but I I can't imagine you actually living in Spokane, dude. No, and like and I'll say like I'll romanticize the idea. I I. Because all you romanticized there was convenience. Exactly. Yes. And that's, I mean, but Seattle is just getting so fucking lame. It is bad, (laughs) man. Seattle sucks right now. Yeah. But but, uh, speaking of SoCal and maybe the Cholo culture that Tyler loves so much. Simone. You want want to talk about what song you're going to play? Yeah. I'm going to play some Brujeria. Uh, which for the first probably, I don't know, 15 years of liking this band, me being a primary English speaker, pronounced it Brugeria. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nerd. And uh, always have loved this band. When I realized, like, I got into, like, Cypress Hill and, like, I'd say Chicano culture, you know. You could accuse me of cultural appropriation or whatever. But I, I got did. into that in, like, third grade. And I was like, this is so fucking cool. So when I found Brujeria, I'm like... There's a bunch of hard ass Mexican dudes who make everything I've ever wanted. Who make like remember we we least least I found out about them with you in in high school. I'm not sure if you knew about them before that. I knew about them before, yeah, in middle school. Oh, and yeah. uh, I remember going to a Soulfly concert. It was actually their first tour they did in '97 or '98. Yeah, yeah. and uh, seeing a bunch of hard ass, just like scary. Vatos in like the front row and like I don't even see these guys at shows anymore like shows sure. like this and these dudes were probably they must have been I don't know 38, 40 years old uh, and they all had Brujeria shirts on and I was like these dudes are fucking hard this is so cool <laughs> you know <laughs> like they're all wearing Cortezes and Dickies oh yeah and these, these dudes <laughs> yeah and like just, just see Brujeria and like to invent a band off everything that scares the American white public like A you have music that is so detuned so aggressive but with almost a punk rock edge, 
mixed with the imagery of like Mexican narco like terrorists. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool. It's 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 so weird to have a band that is. I mean as underground as Brujeria to have such a powerful message to have such a powerful well, thing like that oh yeah well because there's there's no other no and that's that's the reason they're as big as they are sure and I was reading about you know an interview with uh, I forget the guy's name but he's basically the hype man like the second vocalist yeah, in the band. yeah. and these are just these are Mexican American guys from LA you know Juan Brujo's name is John Lepe <laughs> you know and they're uh and they just decide they were all in the punk rock scene, all suicidal guys. Yeah. Sure. And just like, let's just make a band where we just like exemplify our Let's just make a band that one day falls on the FBI watch list. Oh, absolutely. And they did. I was reading interviews yeah. of that Dino from Fear yeah, Factory yeah. way back when, and they were literally on the FBI yeah, list because sure. they thought that like these guys did kill people, that they did the whole. Because when you're wearing the Mexican blankets with machetes and ski masks and stuff, like. I like to, like, they didn't try to look like. Like gangsters, they looked like straight from the pueblos, like yeah. narco terrorists with cowboy boots yeah. and everything. These weren't like you know East Los Angeles like cholos. No, these guys were like straight from the cowboy like desert. Yeah, you yeah know, I love skulls that. on the boots. Yeah, you know, the <laughs> kidnapping white women kind of thing. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But uh, the song I'm picking here is La Migra, which is the migration. Yeah, and it's all about Juan Brujo starts. You know talking to a guy and he's saying these these uh, coyotes, you know, the smugglers sure. yeah. are going to rip coyote. you off. But, but yeah, coyote. <laughs> but uh, Juan Brujo will bring you in for free because he just wants you to all come in here. <laughs> Kill and he even says, we'll take like, we'll take your grandma, your aunt, and even the, the even your uh, family idiot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sweet dude. Let's fucking listen to that. ¿Cuánto quiere ese coyote? Diez mil pesos. ¿Pa' todos? No, jefe, pa' cada uno. Pinche coyote ladrón. Hay que joder al güey. Coyote soltero, te chingan la feria. Siguen al brujo, te llevo pa' gratis. Trae tu abuela, tu tía, Heleno. Pinches polleros, se viven pa' feria. Te cobran tu suelo y pagan tu abuela. Pinche inmigrante, está esperando. Te devuelven después de una paliza. La vida yo tu abuela en el cerco. Great song, man. That is. Yeah, for it's, sure, dude. It's hard. And I love how short it is. And just when it when it enters, dude, into that... Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite song by Brujeria. And 
You messed up and played Raza Odiata first, which is also a Fucker. fantastic song. Yeah, but, but the li- listeners don't know that. Do you edit it out? I know, but yeah, I, I want to let them know so I got messed up my, again. I got on my producer board, bro. Oh, true, true. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? Like, that does have kind of like a, a cheeky funniness to it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you, you don't like your metal to be funny. No, but no. Brujeria, I like the humor behind it because that band has to have humor just in its origin being this made up thing. Yeah. Um, but is it, do you almost think it's because it's in a different language and you can't, you can't. But hear I it. actually do like the, like, I love Manic Hispanic and, like, I do like funny, I guess in punk, I like funny if it's in the way like that is, like, yeah. making it kind of a, I don't know, third person joke about smuggling people over the border is a, it's just a dark type of humor. Yeah. You know, I like, I don't like fun bands. Yeah. Cause I remember that you were saying like, I, and I don't think you don't, you don't think like municipal waste is in a, isn't a stupid band, but you, you just say like, they don't cater to me cause I want my thrash to be sinister. Absolutely. I want more sin- serious. It- well, it has a sinister theme provocative sinister lyrics like they they do have a lot of fun that's what it is and i'm not about that like it needs to be sinister or you can be like sacred right and have it be all you know thrash with you know leftist politics you know but just something serious yeah for sure yeah no and i kind of agree with you in that respect i mean i i get it irritated when, when you take a band who who is serious, and then you make a joke out of it. I, I kind of... Absolutely. Will you make a novelty out of it when it doesn't need to have a yes. novelty? Yes. yes. Yeah. Which I feel like Brujeria would admit their band is... It, it's a novelty thing that's just lasted for years. Yeah. yeah. And it's... When a well, band goes, has a shtick that doesn't need yeah. a shtick. Well, and it, and it goes to what I said to Kirk. They are the only ones. Yeah. They, yeah. No one else can do it. And no one else has Yeah, if done somebody it. else tried to knock them off and be like, well, dude, Brewery already did that. Like, yeah. Right. There's only one narco terrorist metal band. <laughs> <laughs> they, got, they got that shit on fucking lock. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, what, what else do you guys want to talk about? We're, I guess, are we doing good on time? Yeah, we're okay. Uh, you got a song you want to bring up? Yeah, I was for. Since this whole episode was metal, I was going to do more. This is a. This is going to be Ensiferum. No, no. I decided not to Ensiferum because they, they don't have the album I wanted on there. Okay. But, um, I'm doing Power Trip, which is a... They're, they are very much a hardcore band. They came up in the hardcore uh, genre, but they, they definitely have a metal edge. And uh, the song is called uh, The Executioner's Tax. It's called the... That's the main title of it. I think it's called uh, Swing of the Axe. This is, this is a dope song, though. All right. Is the album called Executioner's Task? or No, it's called Executioner Tax, parentheses, oh. Swing of the Axe. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you understand. Gotcha. Right? All right, let's listen to this, though.
that was Power Trip, though. That was my yeah. pick. Dude, that was, was Balls Out, Ty, man. Ty, I know you've never heard it. Never heard my love I know that. you've heard Power Trip. Yeah, you've I know heard Power that Trip. song, though. I don't know about that song, that but song I do know Power so Trip's music. That song so fucking sinister. That's yeah. my kind of shit, dude. I know. Like, I was listening to an interview with the lead singer, and since they... I think they're still considered more of a hardcore band, which I can understand. And uh, I guess, like, they're the record label wanted them to choose like a uniform like image to get better to get like bigger mm-hmm. so it's like you know you guys have to like have be this or beat that yeah and like the lead singer was saying like he was like i was trying to explain to him I was like we weren't put together this way but like we're almost like a boy band like each one of us dresses a different way we're awesome. into different shit like he's like this dude over here like he's he's like a sports head like he's into like like fantasy football, he's into like who's playing, like, which I feel only exists in like hardcore bands. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Does and he then really you have, love hockey? Yeah, and then you have <laughs> then you have another dude who's like super into comic books. Is the biggest nerd. So I I find like I find like that that is such a hardcore thing. That's that's one part of like hardcore that will never leave. That like you can be your individual, sure, but mm-hmm. you can still all be part of this rock and fucking band. Yeah, the, you know, and uniformless I think, of it. Yeah, and I think I think bands that have that will always have that hardcore edge, which will it'll give them that long term respect. I just hope it catches on commer- commercially for them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which I think it would. There's no reason the public would have a problem with that. It's record labels that yeah yeah definitely want to push people a that don't thing. know really how to even market music yeah or how an underground scene works yeah. or all they see is a cash cow and like yeah. oh can we make this but I mean work? Power Trip they're I mean they're blowing up he he talked about it in the interview I mean they went on tour with um, I think it was Obituary okay and they're from Florida so they said like yeah. you know these were this was like. A milestone in my career. I'm sure. You know, like he's like they were the fucking coolest guys, and he said one time like they were on a tour bus, and like the lead singer of Obituary was bitching about how like no one's recycling. (laughs) And he was like, he was like, he was like, this was like the best old man moment, and like, and it was like he's like I'm looking at my idol, and he's talking about recycling, and it's so fucking cool. (laughs) That is awesome. You're like he's like he's like, and I I wasn't disappointed in the least because like the dude was so nice to me. Brought us into their tour bus every night. We had dinner, and he's bitching about people not recycling. So it's honestly, it's like it's the opposite of never meet your idols because like you're meeting your idols, and he's the coolest dude to you. He's everything yeah. you've ever hoped he would be. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Obituary environmentalist man. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But I mean that that's really I think maybe more common in metal than we think. I think so too. Yeah. Do you think Do you think there's who in metal do you want to? Would you want to meet, and who do, in metal do you not want to meet? Like for the like, same, like for the same reason, like like do you have a perception of this person that's going to be awesome? Do you have a perception of this person, which like I want to leave that person alone because I don't want. I actually can answer that. Like I, a, yeah. I've, I've met, I've met the guys in the current Sepulcher. I don't know if it's the current incarnation now, but years ago, met we those met Derek. guys. Yeah, I met Derek, met Andreas, met Paulo. Um, and I can't remember what their drummer's name at the time was. It wasn't Igor, though. No. It yeah. was after that. But this was still almost probably 10 years ago. Um, super cool dudes. And that was interesting to me, especially Andreas. Like, like, I can't think of all the hours I spent trying to learn his guitar as a kid. I'm like, okay, this is really weird. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I've never really felt that way with punk bands because we were more adults playing with bands that were legendary to us. You know, and yeah. I didn't have that star mentality. I've never had that before. But when you meet somebody that has a child, 
you yeah. were really into and you're like, wow, this is... Not, I'm not even saying starstruck. It's just a different feeling where you're like, damn. For real. Yeah. You know, um, I'd like to kick it with Max Cavalera. I think that'd be fun. Just reading, like, some of the shit he said and stories about, like, puking on Eddie Vedder. Like, I could talk <laughs> all night about puking on Eddie Vedder because I would love to. <laughs> and uh, and I think it would be incredible. And just, It's like a guy who is who has conquered my milestone in life. Oh, exactly. And, and he puked still, on Eddie Vedder. And I'm still it's, striving for that. Yeah, and I think uh, him, I, I don't know if you consider him metal, but Al Jorgensen, love yeah. to hang out with. You know, yeah. dudes like that. Band like Slayer, not interested in hanging out with him because I know that, like, we would probably clash. Well, and Hanneman's gone. Hanneman's gone. He's the only guy that didn't give a shit that would be okay to hang out yeah. with. I, I just feel like there's nothing that we, we would be able to relate to them. No, like and we Lombardo's could literally just talk. Any, is Lombardo there anymore? No, no yeah. it's and he's Paul Bostoff. From... We could talk about music and old punk maybe, but Hanneman was the punker. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Lombardo also. And besides, So if those guys are gone, you can't really even talk that much about music. You certainly can't talk about politics because a lot of those dudes are ignorant as fuck. <laughs> yeah. you know, and well, Carrie, Carrie King thinks... That no one should be making fifteen dollars an hour because he he worked hard. He worked hard to be a rock star and yeah. never had to have a job. Dude, before. yeah. First of all, Hanneman wrote all the good shit. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I and worked I, really hard to ride somebody else's coattails. Basically, yeah. yeah. And you know, I just know that Slayer's gotten you know more farther along with the current you know presidential you know situation that they've done some stuff where it's like, don't ruin your don't ruin your band for us guys. Like, please stop. Like, yeah, just leave it be. Um, well, hell, they had the song Ditto Head. That's about like Rush Limbaugh, you know. Yeah. Carrie King was listening now, to a bunch you, of that. I know this was their final tour they did, but like, did they say they're they're retiring as a band or just of no? Touring? They they said that they they would be open to the idea of playing like uh, one off festivals, like doing the Whack and Open Air, doing Rock and Reel, or one of those. Um, but they're done with like the you know. 300 date world tours. I wonder when they'll actually be... Are they done doing albums now? You know, I don't know. Because I feel like if a band's not going to tour, I don't know if they're going to... Would a band that big then stop releasing albums? But, like, I honestly think... Carrie King is probably going to come out with a solo album. Uh, yes, yeah, I think you're absolutely <laughs> right, dude. Called, like, guy, Plastic Chains. Because that guy fucking loves himself. Yes. And the caricature, yeah. you know, and he's a testament to how cool Slayer's music was because <laughs> usually, yeah, because I always thought he had like the Halloween chains from right, <laughs> right. all on his guitar. And uh, Slayer's, it's a testament to how good that band is yeah, and how good their music was that I could listen to a band that had a guy that looked like Kerry King in it. Because you look at it and you're like, oh my God, like this dude looks like such a douche on so well, many levels. Well, and Hanneman said too that like they were, they were just a business. They were, and these guys weren't friends. He was closest, I know, to Tom Mariah. Like, they actually had a kind of a friendship. Yeah. But basically, these guys weren't friends at all. Yeah. Um, Dave Lombardo was, like, good friends with Sendog from Cypress Hill and, like, friends yeah. with dudes like that. Yeah. And I find that funny. Or uh, Hanneman had a side project with, uh, God, what's the guy's name from Suicide? Rocky George. Mm. You know, that passed yeah, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which had, you know, drunk drivers against mad mothers and <laughs> classics like that. Yeah. Right. And, uh... So, no, Hanneman would have been the cool guy to hang out with. Yeah. Him and Lombardo. But what, what do you feel? Is there any... Like, dudes I'd want to meet, but then dudes I'd want to, like, keep at a distance? Yeah. yeah. I would like to meet the Gallaghers for both. I want them. Oh, to yes. <laughs> like, I want them... I want to meet them, and I want them to be dick assholes. Oh, and, and I think it would be fun to get in an argument with them. And they oh, just, yeah. They, they'd be like, you stupid American, you <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> He's like, you're all with a fucking same. 
<laughs> yeah, Gallagher's would be fun. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Kurt? Um, I would love to meet Adam Darsky from uh, Behemoth. He's he is a he's he's legally allowed to be a museum attendant. I mean, he, he in, okay. in Poland, he's a very very smart guy. I feel like I feel like he's a kind of guy, but he's he's, he's a approachable and personable enough where you could have a really meaningful conversation without having to like make all the weird small talk. Okay. And dude, that I would. I don't think you could pay me to meet Glenn Benton from Deicide. Uh, I honest to God, thank you for mentioning that because I <laughs> fucking hate that dude. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, he, he is known metal industry over as just like the biggest, most full of himself, head up his ass piece of shit there is, and, and I just, I think I think he makes metal look bad. I mean, he's wrote, he's he's. I, I can't. I'm thinking of the Disney tune where they did. They you showed me it on a. YouTube, and they basically made they took D aside yeah. and made it like Disney. Yeah, uh, yeah they've yeah. done that too. With like, there's a that, ton of them. They've done that with Cannibal Corpse. It yeah. doesn't work though on those bands like nah. they did with D aside though, because knowing what a douche he is and knowing how much it would piss him off. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. no, because you, yeah, you could can, like yeah, Cannibal Corpse they would laugh. Yeah, just, yeah, I would think Alex Webster and Paul Mazurkiewicz would probably giggle at it, but Glenn Benton would probably try to sue him or something. Yeah, absolutely, and the fact that he's pushed this like that he's a real Satanist, you know, I mean, and it's like the yeah. old dude, you're just like southern trash with a cross upside down in your, your head like yeah no I, I think that he would just be annoying petulant child to have a conversation with him yes and I feel like you'd be talking to him and he'd be drinking like red wine out of a goblet have you <laughs> Kirk have you ever heard about that stupid fucking band called Liturgy no they're they came up with their own um like their own genre of black metal and it's called it's called like a loose elusive black metal or something like that and it's i already hate this dude it's so fucking bad it's so fucking bad because like the guy screams high and he said like the di- he even like wrote what's elusive about it i do i don't know apparently like, he even like wrote his own like manifest of his black metal genre and it's it's black metal that comes from like the light side of attitude Oh my oh, god, dude! I know yeah. what you're talking dude, about, dude. It's so fucking thing. bad, and like you hear this guy talk and speaking. Like, where are these guys from? Are they from? They're from America. They're oh, from. Okay. Uh, they're from New York. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. Like they, they were so. They're such hips. They're hipsters trying to get into. A genre that doesn't have hipsters yet. They're, they're, yeah, so they're, they can just make their own thing of it. Pretty much. Their, their, their Wikipedia page says they've described their music as transcendental that, black metal. That's what However, they have since moved away from black metal and experimented with progressive rock, hip-hop, and electronic music. So they're uh, trying to ruin just multiple genres of music yeah, at yes, once. Yes, yeah. yeah. So oh I would... God. I mean, one, I hate those guys, so... Maybe I would want to meet those guys to make sure they're not cool. I just think it's funny as a no for On the yourself. off yeah. chance that these guys hear this would be hilarious. Yes. Yeah, so well, they would have to join you. the other 30, well, 37 people now. Hey, man, it's going to be going up, man. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. 37,000. <laughs> Me and Tyler were talking about how, like, Mo, I read a statistic that people usually, uh, they'll stop after three episodes if, mm. because usually people are upset at their listeners. Sure. Me and Tyler, unfortunately, don't give a shit about anything. And we'll just this isn't going. about the listeners. No, it's, it's, it is all about us. I lack the ability to like become down that no one's listening to it. So we'll keep going for hundreds and hundreds of episodes. And 
Yeah. If tons of people listen, great. If five do, we'll uh, float in between <laughs> 30 and 40 listeners the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, Kirk, I know you gotta, you got to get going. This is, yeah. this is the episode for this week. I don't know, Ty... Tyler, do we have a theme for next week? You know, we Besides don't. Besides talking about Scientology a little? We're, we do need to talk about Scientology a little. We're going to talk about, we'll leave leave off on this, the straight gangsterism <laughs> behind Scientology. We're not going to expose how bad Scientology is or the dangers or any of this. We're, we're, we're going to sh- talk about the genus of this shit. <laughs> that you're, you're straight racketeering white for... <laughs> But more on that next episode. But till then, uh, yeah, later. All right. Bye. See you soon.